go to that next level. Revelation 22 and verse number 20. He who testifies to these things says, this is Jesus speaking, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Go ahead and just say amen. amen. Then the writer of Revelation, who we know to be John, the apostle, he responds to Jesus' words by saying, Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Would you join with me in saying these last five words of this verse? Let's say it together. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. One more time. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And this is our prayer today, Jesus, for your quick return, your soon return, come. I pray, Lord, that as I endeavor to share what you have put on me and burdened me with, Lord, quicken my words, anoint the ears of those who hear it, the hearts of those who will receive it. And what you have sent it to accomplish, let that be done. We give you thanks for changing us today by your word. Amen. This message this morning is the concluding message from the series of invitations. We, several weeks ago, started looking at the various invitations found throughout Scripture we found the first one in Genesis. It was given to Noah and his family, come into the ark. Come and find shelter. Come and find safety. We found God himself inviting us various times for various reasons. He, he invited us to find salvation. He invited us to, to, to be clean. We found God anointing and using people, his people, to give invitations. Here is a very unique invitation. It's an invitation coming from one of the apostles. And the invitation is actually to Christ. The, the very last invitation is a response to the very last promise that is found in Scripture. I don't know about you, but let me just say as a side note, I am so thankful for the book that I hold in my hand. And from the very beginning to the very end and every book and every chapter in between, there are promises for me. The promises of God that have seen me through, the promises of God that have sustained me, the promises of God that I've been able to stand on and quote and recite. How many are thankful for the promises of God? And every promise is amen. Every promise is yes. Every promise is secured and certain. The very last promise in all the word of God, located right here in the last chapter of Revelation, it's from Jesus himself. The promise goes like this. Surely I am coming quickly. Interestingly, the wording here, surely, in other words, you can be sure about what I'm about to say. Surely. You can count on what I'm about to say. You can mark it down. You can take it to the bank. It is sure. It is certain. Surely, he says, I am 
coming. Now, the period could have been there. The comma could have been there. But he didn't just say, surely I'm coming. He said, surely I'm coming quickly. And some in the room may think, well, that was said a long time ago. Lots of years have passed since John was exiled to an island. He was actually imprisoned, only it was on an island, a deserted island. It was called Patmos. John the Apostle, because of his stance, because of his faith, was exiled to an island. And he got the revelation, singular, from Jesus. And Jesus saying then at the end of the revelation, mark this down, John, write these things down and don't miss this last point. Don't miss this last promise. Surely I'm coming quickly. Lots of years have passed. He didn't come. Do you know what the Bible says about one day? <laughs> I, I like quizzing you on your Sunday school bringing up, your, your Sunday school learning. Uh, what's the Bible say about one day? Listen, the Bible says, for those of you who are new in the faith, one day is just like a thousand years to God, or a thousand years, that's just like one day to God. So as far as God's concerned, it could have just been a couple of days ago uh, when Jesus said that. Because God's timing isn't our timing. God, God's watch isn't my watch. God's calendar isn't my calendar. In fact, if you'll think with me for a moment, we're about to transition from a time zone and calendars and watches and clocks to another dimension where there are no clocks, there are no watches, there are no time zones. Hallelujah. It's a place called eternity. It's a place where we live forever. That's hard for us to comprehend because we're always checking our watches. It's, it's a quarter till noon, everybody. It's I'm ahead of schedule this week, aren't I? Praise God. I might get you out of here at 12. <laughs> but God, don't get caught up when, on the word quickly. Quickly means one thing for me. Quickly means one thing for you. But quickly to Jesus means a whole nother thing. If he said, surely I'm coming and it's going to be quickly, I believe that that's exactly what it will be. The, the, the very last promise recorded in all the word of God is the promise from Jesus that he is going to return and he will do it quickly. Do you believe that today? There's a, there's a soon return from a king. We focus in on this, on this moment in history where Jesus first came and was born of a virgin. But I thought as we go into this, this most important moment of history where Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ was born and he entered earth for the first time, let me remind you that there's also another time that he's coming and it's called the second coming. It's the return of Christ. And in this holiday season, be reminded that he came once as a baby, but he lived his life and gave his life, and he, he rose victorious over death, and he's coming again to receive those who follow him. The response to the last promise is an invitation. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. But the last invitation is more than an invitation. It's a prayer. I believe John was praying, Jesus, come. Jesus, come. 
come quickly, Jesus. Why did John invite Jesus to return quickly? Why did John invite Jesus to return? I want you to get a pen and paper and jot down a few things that I believe will be helpful as we examine this final invitation we find in Scripture. Number one, John prayed this prayer and gave this invitation because John had seen the results of man's rebellion. John had seen the results of the world's rebellion. He saw it firsthand while Jesus was alive. He saw how man rebelled against the Messiah, his friend, the one whom he determined he was going to believe, the one Jesus who called him to follow him. And he followed him and he saw Jesus lay his hands on the sick and they recover, lay his hands on the blind and they began to see, lay his hands on, on deaf ears and they would be unstopped. And crowds would begin to follow him. And at one point even, they started tearing branches off of trees and waving them, laying them on the ground with their, with their, with their cloaks, their, their coats, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it wasn't very many days later, the same group, the same mob turned and rebelled. They started crying out, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. Kill him and let his blood be on us and even on our children. We'll take the consequence for this. We understand. We want him dead. He had seen firsthand before Jesus was even crucified the world's rebellion, the man's rebellion, and how our hearts are so prone to turn and want our own way. John had seen man at his worst. He was there when Jesus was betrayed. He was there when Jesus was rejected. He stood at the cross when Christ was crucified. John personally knew many of those who also decided to follow Christ and had to give their lives as a result. He knew the martyrs. And now here is John exiled to an island, a deserted island, an island called Patmos, because of his stance and his faith because he's sharing the good news of Jesus with other people. Look at Revelation 1.9. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And it is here, folks, that John sees another part of man's rebellion. God gives John a vision and lets him see into the future. There is prophecy unfolding in this, in this vision that God gives him. He's beginning to see some of the end time things that are going to unfold. And the results 
of man's rebellion, of the world's rebellion, and, and those who decide, I will not follow Christ. I will live for myself. I'll live for the world. I'll live for the devil. There's consequences, folks, when we take matters into our own hands. How many understand that today? There's consequences. John begins to see the end result and the fruit, if you will, of those rebellious seeds that were sown. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn back to, let's go back to Revelation chapter 6. This won't be on your screen, and we're only just touching quickly on, on a, few, uh, a few things here in Revelation 6. By the way, I cannot give the due justice that this book deserves, nor am I trying to today. Revelation uh, is a, a kind of a complicated book, and it will take a long time to pull it apart and to fully understand it. We're not attempting that today. I want to just focus in on this last invitation, but I am praying about a good in-depth study on Revelation, possibly in 2013, maybe on a Wednesday. How many would enjoy a good study on Revelation and would do their best to come out and attend that? Six people. All right, let me look into that and see what we can come up with. Revelation 6, he's witnessing a preview of the Lamb. You know, when I, when, I, when I read this, Mike, I, 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 when I think of a lamb, I think of gentleness, don't you? Mary had a little lamb. You know, we used to sing that and, and, and recite that little poem. Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. And everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. You know, this gives another picture of the lamb. It's talking about the wrath coming from the lamb. And John is getting a glimpse of this. He's seeing a preview of this. He sees that the, the wrath of the Lamb includes conflict on earth, verses 3 and 4 there in chapter 6. Read that perhaps this afternoon. There's going to be great conflict, folks. It, it, it is soon to, to appear. It is soon to happen. I believe that. There's going to be a scarcity if you'll read on this afternoon in verses 5 and 6. You'll see that there will be a scarcity on earth and around the world like never before. Don't fool yourself. There's coming a cataclysmic time. There will be death on earth that is unparalleled in any era of history in this time when the wrath of the Lamb is poured out. You can read that in verses 7 and 8. You'll, you'll hear the cry of the martyrs, as is mentioned in, in, when he opened the fifth seal there in verses 9, 10, and 11, crying out. There'll be cosmic disturbances, not just on earth, but also in the atmosphere as the wrath of the Lamb is poured out. He opened the sixth seal, verse number 12. There was a great earthquake. The sun became black. The moon became red like blood. Stars started to fall to the earth. The sky receded as a scroll when it's rolled up, and every mountain and every island was shifted and moved out of its place. Wow. There's coming a day when there will be such cosmic disturbance like never before. John begins to witness this. John starts to see this. He also sees a glimpse of the 
the great coming tribulation. Now, I believe, this is what I believe, this is what our denomination believes. We believe in the rapture of the church before the tribulation. If you have another stance, God bless you. And I hope you have a good time working all that out while I'm in heaven, because I believe I'm going to be raptured out of here. There's, there's three focuses on the tribulation. There's a pre-tribulation belief, which is what we embrace as assemblies of God and what I personally believe. There's the mid-tribulation, where, where they believe half will happen, and then there'll be the tribulation or the rapture of the church, excuse me. And then there's the post who believe that all of this destruction and, and, and cosmic events and, and, and mountains shifting and moving and islands shifting and moving will be part of all of that, and then we will be raptured. But I believe that we are going to be raptured because of the great, great mercy and, and, and grace of God and those who have been faithful. There will be that trumpet that sounds, and we will rise to meet the dead that rise in Christ with them. I hope you believe that with me. But this sermon isn't about that. This is just a side note right there. John saw a glimpse of the great tribulation, and no matter what you believe or where you fall in that, the, the point is here, there is coming a day of tribulation, great tribulation. John had, seen, had inside information on things that only others could speculate about because he saw it firsthand. He saw it with his own eyes. He saw the rise of the beast, the Antichrist, the false prophet, you can read that in Revelation 13. He's, he, he had a preview of the battle of Armageddon. You can read that in Revelation 14. No wonder then the Apostle Paul, there exiled on this island, invites Jesus for a soon return and prays this prayer seeing all the turmoil that was to happen in the future and getting this prophetic glimpse, he prays for the Prince of Peace to return. We live in a world of turmoil, church. Some people have so much turmoil in their own life, it seems it never ends. Just when there's closure and resolution, something else, it seems, unfolds. Pray for the Prince of Peace to return. And to once and for all, finally forever, end all turmoil, all confusion. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Come now. Come soon. The end results of man's rebellion prompted him to pray for the soon return of Christ. But that's not all he saw. And I believe there was another reason that he prayed this prayer and invited Jesus to return soon. You see, he also had a glimpse of the glorious return of Christ. Number two, John had seen the glory of Christ's return. And what a glorious day that will be. What a day that will be. <laughs> when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, oh, I wish somebody would get excited with me today. What a day, glorious day that will be. The glorious return 
of Jesus. In just a few weeks, we will celebrate this great occasion when he first came, born of a virgin, living a sinless life. And why not celebrate? He brought joy. He brought peace. But he's coming again. Church, he's coming again with great power and great glory to right all that is wrong. John heard a voice. It was like a trumpet, and it said, come on up here. Come on up a little bit higher. Look at this in Revelation 4.1. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me and saying, come up here, and I will show you things which must take place. A picture of the rapture of the church. Can you imagine seeing all of that? He had seen the visions of believers in heaven, those who were covered with the blood of the Lamb, those who had been redeemed. Hallelujah. He saw them in heaven joining their voices, filled with praise. And look there in Revelation chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. John heard the songs of the saints from every tribe and every nation and every denomination. Hallelujah. Joined in heaven there in Revelation 5 verse 8. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation and have made us kings and priests unto God and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them. I heard them say, blessing and glory and honor and power be to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said amen with the 24 elders. They fell down and they worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Hallelujah. I tell you today that there's coming a day when every tribe and every nation and every man and every woman who has been bought with the blood and redeemed by Christ, we will gather around the throne and we will join with the elders. We will join with the saints and we will say worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb blessing and honor belong to him come on somebody just express your worship to him right now hallelujah blessed be him blessed be God we bless you Lord worthy is the lamb hallelujah don't wait for that someday you start blessing him right now you start worshiping him right now 
thank you, Jesus, because if you're planning on going to heaven, this place called forever with no calendars and no clocks, you're going to be spending a lot of time blessing the Lord and worshiping him and declaring that he and he alone is worthy. Hey! <laughs> John saw this. John was transported and transfixed to another place, another dimension. The door of heaven opened. Come on up here. And let me show you what is about to happen. It will happen soon. It will happen someday. John witnessed the marriage of the Lamb and his bride. Anybody know who the bride is? You're looking at him. <laughs> I'm part of the bride. I'm comfortable enough with my manhood and my masculinity to say today that I am part of the bride. Hey, don't get hung up, men. That's just how God planned it. You're part of the family. You're part of the bride. And there's coming a marriage day someday. Hallelujah. We're going to join together in holy matrimony. Hallelujah. The bridegroom and the bride joined together and united forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. How many men know they're part of the bride today and you're not, a, you're not ashamed of that? Mm. John saw this holy union, this matrimony made in heaven. Hallelujah. You can read about that in Revelation 19. He, he, he had seen the bridegroom riding on the horse's back, returning to rule, to rule and to reign. He marveled at the majesty of King of kings and Lord of lords. John saw the new Jerusalem descending and coming down out of heaven as is recorded there in Revelation chapter 21. John had firsthand information about the rewards Christ would give to those who trusted him while they walked on earth. Amen. Do you know there's rewards coming? Look, look, look. Verse number 12 of, of, verse, uh, of chapter 22. Look at this. Jesus said, Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone, each one, according to his work. So this suggests to us today that we don't all get the same reward. Now, if you're a follower of Christ, how many followers of Christ do I have in the room here today? How many believers do I have on this side right over here? Come on. How many believers do we have here today? You're a follower of Christ. Then let me tell you one reward that we're all going to receive together. Those who make up their mind to follow Christ and to believe on his name they will get entry into heaven. Now, that's a reward right there. But I'm not satisfied with just getting entrance into heaven. That's an already settled matter. I've already checked it off my bucket list, see. I've made up my mind to serve Christ and follow Christ, believing on his name. But I know that there's rewards for those who do the work while they're here. So I don't want to just sit back and go, boy, I wish Pastor Steve would, would, would do this different. 
I wish Pastor Dave would do this different. And Pastor Moses, boy, they get too loud up there. And, and we start picking things apart. And, and all we're, we're like little baby birds just wanting Mama to feed us, you know. Feed me, feed me, feed me. Oh, I didn't like that worm after all. I didn't like that bug after all. How about you getting out of the nest? Oh, I better not say all this. It's time that we work while it's day. All I want to say right here before I move on and wrap this up is it's time to work while it's day because the sun is going down, somebody. And the time for, for harvesting is, is coming to a close. And so we've got to work. Don't be satisfied with just entering into heaven. Let's take as many people as possible with us. How many have family members that you're praying for that are lost? I want to see your hand. How about we roll up our sleeves and we start working in the field and we fast and pray for our family's salvation. People you're working with, people in your neighborhood. Because there's reward. Brothers and sisters, there's reward. Bring that scripture up for me one more time, please. He said, I'm coming quickly. And... My reward is with me, and I'm going to give to each one. You, you stand by yourself right here on the, on the distribution of the rewards. You're already in heaven. I'm already in heaven. But then there comes that private one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, I can't wait for that one-on-one -on -one time. Hallelujah. And God starts to distribute rewards. Yeah, John saw this. I want you to see it today. It may motivate you to work in the field and to be busy about your father's business. Amen? Amen. Let, me, let me close this out. Of course, I've got a third point. I can't hardly preach without three points, so here it is. I thought, why would John pray this? He saw the cataclysm and all that rebellion and all the results of that. Come on, Pastor Moses, push me with a song. He saw the glory of the return and, 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 and all that was going to happen in, in, in that moment. But I think John prayed this prayer because he wanted to just actually see the Lord's return himself. John wanted to witness the returning of his king. John had been exiled on Patmos long enough. Jesus, I'm ready for you to come. I'm ready. I'm ready for the, the imprisonment to be over. There's some people feel imprisoned in your own body because of health issues. Lord Jesus, come quickly. It's all right to pray that. I believe we ought to be praying that more often, truth be told. I don't think we pray it often enough. John had good reason for longing daily for the soon return of Christ. He wanted to see Jesus. Anybody want to see Jesus? Oh, come on. You've talked about him. You've heard him preach. You've sung songs about him, but I wonder, is anybody really ready to see Jesus? I want to see him. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice cares all past home at last 
ever to rejoice. Does anybody want to see Jesus? Maybe he wanted to take him to the side and reminisce about the time that he called him. And when he left everything to follow him, maybe he would talk about the cross and how cruel that was. But quickly get to an empty grave and how wonderful that was. Maybe he just wanted to touch the nail prints again. But he longed, I believe, to see his Savior's face. Church, I believe there's only one thing that should push us back slightly from praying this prayer on a regular basis. The only thing that should make us not want to pray this is because we want a little bit more time to tell other people about Jesus. That's the only reason we should delay. Not because, well, we just kind of like how we're living right now. This world is not my home. I'm only passing through. I keep going back to some of the old songs. If heaven weren't my home, oh Lord, what would I do? The only thing that should delay our prayer and our inviting Jesus to return is that we need more time. We'd like more time. God, I've been working on this co-worker, you might say. And if you give me a few more weeks, a few more months, I believe they're going to follow you. But folks, other than that, we should be praying on a very regular basis. Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. Come quickly, Lord. Come soon. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. When's the last time you prayed that? Can you honestly pray it? Are you really ready for his return? I applaud and congratulate these brothers and sisters who responded earlier, fully surrendering their hearts and lives to Christ. I believe that because of your step of faith, hmm, you can seriously pray, sincerely pray, Lord Jesus, Come quickly. Come soon. I would like you to bow your heads across this room. Lord, I have tried my best to convey to the people who've come here today what you have put in my heart. And I pray that now your Holy Spirit would Breathe on these words that have been spoken and received. Help us to realize this final promise spoken by Jesus. Surely, I'm coming quickly. And let us respond by saying, even so, Lord, come. Come soon. Come quickly. To him who sits on the throne. Unto the Lamb. And unto the Lamb. How about we close out this service with just a portion of worship? 
Come on, somebody. He sits on the throne unto the Lamb and unto the Lamb. To him who sits on the throne. It's on the throne. Come on, see him there. See him there. And unto the Lamb. To him who sits on the throne. who sits on the throne. And unto the Lamb. He bless and glory and honor and power forever. Be blessing and glory and honor and power singing worthy and giving glory and honor to Him. My hope today in this message is simply to remind you that not only did He come once as a baby, He's coming again as King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming again to reign. And those of us who believe on his name will reign with him. Keep that in mind this holiday season, this Christmas. And continue to pray for his soon return. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jim's going to come and close us in prayer just before he comes. I would love to have you join me here tonight at 6 o'clock for a powerful and intense focused time of prayer. I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to call this church these last few Sunday evenings that we have of 2012. Besides the carols, candles, and communion night, we are going to spend those Sunday evenings praying. How many were here last Sunday night? 
powerful, powerful time of prayer. The Holy Spirit permeated this place. And I would love for you to join me here tonight from 6 to 7 is what we are planning on praying that time period. So join me here tonight. Amen. Father, we're so grateful that you, that you visit us, that your spirit dwells in this house, Lord, that we, that we hear from you. We thank you that you are concerned and you are coming back, Lord Jesus, in our spirit and in our, in our, in our innermost being to be looking for you, to anticipating your soon return. Lord, that we know that these fields are white with harvest, Lord. It's not time to rest, but it's time to work. We ask you, Lord, that you take each and every one of us to our homes, Lord, and bring us back. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, to bless us, bless this church in your precious holy name. Amen. <laughs> 